Welcome to Conspiracy Say What? <laughs> Welcome to Conspiracy Say What? Today we're talking about beachgoers, specifically dead ones. Uh, Allegedly, he might have been drunk. Alleg- Allegedly dead? Allegedly dead <laughs> beachgoers. I heard it was completely fatal. I guess we'll find out. Uh, this happened in a very uh, confusing time of the year for us Americans. At the beginning of summer, in December. In Australia. No. Yeah, this is an Australian that conspiracy and mm-hmm. mystery. Uh, anyway, I am Cameron. I'm Allie. And I'm Chelsea. Today we are talking about the Somerton Man. Uh, some people may have heard about him, but probably wouldn't remember the story. I think it's one of those things where you see the picture of his face floating around the internet. Because I know I have at some point, multiple times in the past. But... We'll put up it, all that stuff in the newsletter so that you can see his face and be like, yeah, it's that guy. And there you go. Anyway, we're talking about this guy who died on a beach in December of 1948, which was called the first day of summer in Australia. The first day of summer there is in December. It does throw me off a bit. Uh, two amateur horsemen found a dead man on a beach, and this was in South Australia. It was obviously in Somerton. If you've never been to Australia, that is a place there. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So this guy was propped up against the seawall. He was wearing a button-up shirt, a tie. He had a jacket on. Uh, possibly had an unlit or half-smoked cigarette. There's different accounts there. Uh, and it was laying against his chest. And he had freshly polished shoes. Which he is out that he was wearing shorts. Very weird. What? He was wearing shorts. There's a picture of him. He's wearing pants. Yeah, I, I thought, thought he was, he was wearing, wearing shorts. No, he is wearing pants. Because then I just had this horrible image in my head of all this stuff that he's wearing, like a button-up and a tie, and then just shorts. He's, he's dead, he's, not a heathen. That's what I... Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say he's dead, not a psychopath. Like... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, he was wearing pants in the picture. Uh, Even if it was summer. Nobody <laughs> was ever able to find out who he was. And he eventually just became known as the Somerton Man, and this case is called the Tamam Shud case, which is something we'll discuss here in a bit. <laughs> he was finally buried in 1949. His body was recently exhumed uh, as of May 19th of this year. So again. this is mm-hmm. very, very recent. Again, it's come about in the Australian news. They have news there. <laughs> You're doing great. I'm Please tell it. me more about the news in Australia. It is different than ours. Do spiders deliver the newspapers? They're big enough. <laughs> so they could easily they deliver. Could. If you tried to crush one with the newspaper, I imagine it would crush the newspaper. Just take so, the newspaper and break it over one of its knees. I've seen an Australian man punch a kangaroo in a video. So, I mean... What if a kangaroo were the newspaper delivery guy? Have you guys, like, have you guys heard... <laughs> yeah. And if we have listeners in Australia, which I don't remember if we do. We do. But if we do... Okay, so we do. So, if you're listening... Uh, I would like to know more about why kangaroos drown things. Have you guys heard about this? No. (laughs) Kangaroos are known to lure in their prey. They're carnivorous? No. 
they're not gonna eat it. They just like to fight so things. Like cats. So like they'll challenge you. It's they're like they're psychopaths. They're like drunk white guys at a bar. They will like lure Chad. you into they're yeah. They're like chads. Chad. They'll like lure you into the water and then they will grab you and try and dunk your head underneath the water and drown you. Yeah, there's a video of it trying to do that. That's it was trying to do it to like a dog or something like that. Yeah. Okay. They're terrifying Moving creatures. On. They have abs too, which still freaks me out. Okay, let's talk about the crime scene as it was found. The what maybe the crime fuck? scene. <laughs> Did you look up kangaroo abs? <laughs> that will not be in the newsletter. <laughs> Maybe it will. We'll see. They have abs. I don't have enough photos. They're ripped as hell. Chatteroos. Anyway, let's go into the crime. Someone had claimed that they saw the man. Uh, yes. People did claim to see the man. That's how he was found. Um, the but, night before. Yes. So I actually saw a couple of things where people claimed to have seen this dude just kind of sitting on the beach up against a wall and then didn't really do anything about it. So there was supposedly someone who walked by and said that they saw his arm move. Again, allegedly, well, allegedly, allegedly dead, dead at that point <laughs> or allegedly drunk. Yes. Right. So they Either figured way. that the guy was fine. Allegedly. And then I also read something that said that somebody walked by and picked up the guy's arm to check on him and were like, yeah, he's good. He's probably just really drunk. But I don't really see how that is a good test of somebody's sobriety uh, or why you would just walk up to somebody sleeping on a beach and just kind of pick up their arm and yeah, they're fine. I don't know. So I don't know how true that is, but yeah. uh, what the fuck? Who put in so, carrying a body? Yeah. So there were also three people that claimed they were walking along uh the shores. This is, this is a very public area. This is not like a closed off area. This yeah. is right by Somerton, which is, a, I mean, I don't know how it was in the 40s, but like right now it is a very much just a city. So I assume it was very similar then. But uh, they claimed that they were, that they saw someone walking along the beach carrying someone else on their shoulders, which could be a million things. But drunk. It is a little mm-hmm. weird to see that right around the time a man winds up dead, pushed into a beach wall. So there were people that claimed to have seen things the night before. Who knows about witness testimony, though? We've talked about it a yeah. thousand times. None of them really. You cannot mm-hmm. trust witness testimony most of the time. Most of the time. Um, so, yeah, there was somebody There was like these horse men. <laughs> they were jockeys. <laughs> I, call, I called them horsemen. They were they were apprentice jockeys. Oh, I so went to apocalypse. I titled there. it. Amateur horsemen. Horsemen of the apocalypse rode by on the beach and they found this dead guy and they were like, holy shit, he's dead. I actually read that they walked by on the beach, which With I their thought, horses? see, that's what I was confused about is I don't like, I read a couple more reports and I've come to the conclusion that actually they didn't have horses with them at the time. So I don't know why anyone brought up the fact that they were jockeys. Were they like hanging out at a jockey bar or like wearing little like jo- at a jockey, jockey bar? Outfits. Is there a jockey bar I where they go know. and dress up and they talk about they were racing their races? horses and they're like, well, that sucked. Most of us <laughs> lost, and uh, let's go drink some. If you are a jockey, I would like to know where the jockey bars are. <laughs> so we that, can visit them. That would be great. Anyway, Weird. two jockeys found a dead guy on a beach, <laughs> and um, worst joke ever. One of them went home. <laughs> And called the police. And so when the police arrived, they were like, oh my God, there's a dead guy on the beach. Let's examine it. Right? They lifted his hand and dropped it a few times. And they were like, yeah, he's fine. No, really. (laughs) They did an autopsy. um, And so apparently there were no signs of struggle. Uh, He had no dirt under his nails. There were no wounds on his body. 
I would just like to make sure the horseman did not do the autopsy because it sounded really <laughs> weird. You just like led into it. No, I said they called the police. The, they police, did the police did an extensive investigation. They also walked through the crime scene a bunch of times. It's yeah. fine. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> so there was no sign of violence on this guy. He was just kind of like a clean, manicured, well-dressed dude sitting on a beach with no evidence of him dying on said beach, apparently. Um, all the tags on his clothes were removed. And which is really weird. So there were no labels. Um, and during this time period, it would have been really common for people to add tags with their names on it into their clothes. Right. So it wasn't just that there were no tags because they were itchy. It's because there was there was no identification on the clothes. Yeah, and yeah. there's more about that too that we will get into because there's some weirdness that goes with that. But okay. yeah, he had no form of ID. Obviously, otherwise this wouldn't be a yeah. mystery. Um, so the the guy who actually like did the embalming on this said that he had these really like well-defined calf muscles uh which were high and well developed as he said <laughs> such as those found in women hmm. but this was also connected to possibly being a dancer you know somebody who often walks in heels or is like always on the balls of their feet so not that that went anywhere but they did make that observation <laughs> yeah um he was also around 40ish and he was very athletic so they kind of assumed it was like heart failure or poison, but they found no evidence of either. Well, and he was in really good shape. Yeah. Like really, really good shape. Like this was someone who took care of themselves. So it's very, very odd that he would have died from heart failure. But that seemed to be the consistent case is that that's it how it sounds he died. more like they were like, I don't know. Maybe his heart failed. No, they were. I mean, I read I read one of the uh, reports from the doctor, one of the doctors that worked on it, because they had multiple people look at him. And one of them said he was pretty positive he died of heart failure, which he said the only thing he could think of that would have killed him due to heart failure would have been poison. That was the only thing he could come up with. But he said that it would have had to be un, like it would have had to have been untraceable and would disappear within a couple hours. Wasn't there that, what is it, uh, like ricin? Ricin? I don't know. I was going to say, do they, can they, do they do toxicology reports? It's at this ricin, time? which mm -hmm. is found in castor beans. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. They can cause injury. There were some pretty high yeah. profile murders, I think, in the 40s and 50s, question mark. Yeah. Um, that, and they were loosely tied to the USSR and spies and espionage and all that. Yeah. But that's another episode. <laughs> According to this medical website, uh, it takes about 36 to 72 <laughs> hours of exposure to kill the person, though. So, and I don't know if it would disappear from your system that fast. I'm pretty sure that one's hard to trace, but I would spend a while <laughs> since I read uh, about it. It does say that there are no specific clinically validated ways to detect ricin. So, huh. yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I guess it could be that, but I didn't see anything that actually we, suggested that. But you we, heard it first. Yeah, we don't. Here <laughs> on the Conspiracy of What podcast. Don't go buy ricin. We don't support that. Good. I think castor beans are okay. Just don't. Like, poppies are yeah, okay. Yeah, it says it comes from the waste of castor beans. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. Don't try and make poison, people. Yeah. Poison is bad. Uh, now that we've gotten through that banned. PSA, let's... <laughs> So uh, there were photographs and fingerprints and such released to various countries, and he, this guy did not show up in any of the databases, which is a little suspect. Yeah, he, they specifically, the U.S. specifically sent a letter from J. Edgar Hoover, at least signed by J. Edgar Hoover, so who knows who wrote it. Was it was probably his secretary. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> uh, and 
it said that there was no match in the U.S. database. I did look it up, and it turns out the U.S. database at the time was not so much database as it is now. It was just a bunch of guys that were called fingerprint clerks, and they worked in a room full of filing cabinets. I don't know how long that takes to identify (laughs) by going through every single fingerprint you have. Okay, so library nerd moment. Yeah. And I just learned that like fingerprints break down into like four different types uh-huh. for the most part. Like one's a whorl and that's like a big swirly. One's kind of like a big bell curve. And then I think there's one that's more of like a horizontal situation. Hmm. Um, but basically there are like different types of fingerprints. So they probably had it cataloged down be all like, oh, got to go look in the bell curve. Let's look at the swirly dudes today. <laughs> nope, nope, buddy, you're on horizontals today. Like, yeah, so they probably had it like actually organized, not just a clusterfuck of fingerprints. Good to know. So, I just, when you describe that, I just imagine they had papers, just of pictures of fingerprints, just kind of strung about the room. Like, they li- I, I did find pictures. It's literally just filing cabinets, as far as the eye can see, and just people standing around, like just all these guys standing around, smiling, like their jobs aren't terrible. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They were a very they their their names were they were originally called fingerprint clerks, and then once the actual database came in, they changed that name. But I don't remember what they changed it to. Also, I found out fun other fact about fingerprints. Uh, I found out that today. apparently the Chinese supposedly would cast handprints from robberies way back in like early eighties. Really? Yeah. They That's would try cool. and cast handprints. So I'm kind of wondering if like they figured that out and then we lost it somewhere along the way until some white guy was like, I found it out. As hmm. they do. All you need to Good know about to know. fingerprints. That's what we're here for. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the clothes. Uh, so one of the things that we mentioned is that all the tags were cut off. And as you mentioned, Chelsea, people would like sometimes like write their names on stuff. Pretty much always. So mm-hmm. one of the big factors here is the investigator is pretty positive or entirely positive that the jacket was American made. And at this time, they didn't have American imports into Australia. Mm-hmm. And American imports were hard to get in general. So... They think that either he went to America or he bought the jacket off of someone from America or it's a possibility that whoever killed him was American. Or he's Uh, American. If he was, yeah. Or he is American. What? J. Edgar Hoover would lie about that? What? The FBI would say, we don't know who he is. Uh, Anyway. We'll get to that. uh, One thing that was written on the clothes after the tags were removed was Keen. And if you look at the pictures, it's not just Keen. It is L dot Keen or some type of random line dot Keen, which to me indicates a name. Because if you bought it off of someone else and they had their name written on the tags, you would slice that off, write your own name somewhere else on the clothing. That's what I would think. But that's kind of weird. But So is it like written or is it like embroidered? No, it's written. It's written in cursive. That's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. It seems uh, like it would just come off. <laughs> yeah, so so this is one of the weird things uh, about that. But going further kind of into his clothing, uh, there were there were a lot of things in his pockets. Alrighty, so our dead guy's pockets included a railway ticket to North Beach. And Cam can tell us more about the geography of Australia later, because I don't know. Um, I don't know either. A bus ticket to North Glenleg? Glenelg? Glenelg. Glenelg. Um, an American metal comb, juicy fruit gum, 
Uh, side note, maybe something only Americans chewed, and I thought, well, something only kids chewed. Yeah, apparently it was <laughs> specifically a tell of you being American if you chewed juicy fruit gum. I mean, that checks out. The yeah. gum with the flavor that lasts as long as it takes to put it in your mouth. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> He also had some um, a packet of Army Club cigarettes with seven conceitas in it, and conceitas are a type of cigarette, um, and that pairs really well with juicy fruit gum. A handkerchief yes. and a packet of matches. Yeah. Again, nothing with any ID on it at all. Lots of random things that really don't identify him as anything other than a man in the forties. But he had pockets. He had pockets. Uh, Anyway, this is where things get kind of weird. So the police eventually follow uh, these train tickets that they found, since that's pretty much the only quote-unquote lead that they had. Uh, This eventually led them to Adelaide Station, which is not very far from Somerton Beach, uh, according at least to Google Maps. So if you live in Australia and you want to tell me otherwise, I will believe you. Apparently, Somerton is a suburb of Adelaide. That's what Wikipedia just told me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how far the train station was in 1948. Uh, if you were alive in 1948 and you listen to this, that's interesting. Also, feel free to let us know. Uh, but anyway, it led them to Adelaide where they were eventually able to recover his luggage. Apparently he had left the station without his luggage, which in in and of itself is odd. Yeah, that's, that's not very convenient. Yeah. So uh, inside of his luggage were lots of things that you would expect a man to have. He had like scissors and stuff like that in there. And that's just for like shaving kit, shaving kit, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he did have uh, orange thread that they were able to match to a rip in his pants that uh, proved that that luggage was definitely his. So, and it was distinct orange thread, apparently, whatever that means. Question, were the pants orange? Mm, Not that I heard of, but that is a good question. I would assume assume (laughs) that the thread in the seams was orange. Mm, So they're probably like khaki pants with orange thread. Why did you use orange thread? I don't know. It was 1948. Why did they do half? Why did he chew Juicy Fruit Gum? I mean, it's gross. It's still gross. I guess if you want a man to learn to sew, he'll just use whatever he gets. Orange thread? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, one of the other things that they found out is that he had actually purchased another train ticket to Henley Beach, which I don't know how far this was in the 40s. Right now, obviously, we have more roads and stuff. So in Australia, it looks like it's not very far. Again, I'm not from Australia. If you are, feel free to let us know how far that is. Uh, I'm going off of Google Maps. But... He had this train ticket, he chose not to use it for some reason, and he took a bus instead. Again, another red flag. You leave your luggage behind, you don't use the train ticket that you specifically bought for a specific beach, and instead you take a random bus. That is odd. Um, Anyway, they didn't really look into much of that, it seems like. They kind of, this is the police in the 40s. They, (laughs) that's like that John Mulaney joke, they see the blood and they're like, gross. That's clean up. Yeah, exactly. So um, eventually they do go back and they take a heavier look at the jacket. And this leads into them finding one of the most important piece of this entire case, which is to mom's shed, which is something that is typed out on a torn piece of paper in his pocket. And it's rolled up when they find it. And it's something that they apparently had not come across because it was hidden inside of a pocket. Yeah. So seems very deliberate. You know, very stick in a jacket. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely very deliberate. Uh, for anyone wondering, this means uh, is over or is finished. It is the final 
line in a very specific poem. I'm going to butcher what this is called. The Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam. So uh, it's a 12th century Persian book uh, by a mathematician and astronomer. And these are the final words in there. And this was just ripped straight out of the book. Yeah, it's basically like the end. Yep. <laughs> so please. It's very like deliberately torn out of like the middle of a page. And yeah. there's a picture of it. So mm-hmm. I'll put that mm-hmm. in the newsletter as well. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very specific tearing. And it, it makes it, it makes it all the more weird because he dies with that in his pocket as is over kind of ominous it is it's very much like it, it feels like a, like a message yeah. yeah it feels like a message um the police are like oh my god we have a real lead so they <laughs> ask people if they found a book with a torn out page in it or torn out anything in it and eventually a guy comes forward and is like i found this in my car but they weren't just like asking random people they like send it out on whatever whatever the mass media was at the time right our favorite guess is uh, messenger pigeons, but jury's yeah. still out. Might be a newspaper. Smoke signals, spiders in newspapers. Megaphones. Ooh. I didn't look up to see if they were invented yet, but... Kangaroos delivering newspapers. I love the image of a kangaroo Pouches. in a little mailman's hat. <laughs> Just like... Couch. Six-pack abs. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> if you are well-versed in 1940s... Kangaroo uh, mail delivery systems. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Um, Anyway, this guy said that he had his car windows open the night that this happened, that the police had reported this happened, and that he came back the next morning to just find the book laying on, like, his seat. I couldn't tell if it was in the back seat or the front seat or whatever. As far as I saw. So someone just tossed this book in there. So what we have is a man who took a train to a place where he was supposed to get a connecting train, but he didn't use. So instead he took a bus without his luggage to go to a random beach to toss a book that he just tore something out of into some random stranger's car so he can go die on a beach wall. Are you saying that he threw the book yeah. in there? Yeah. I'm saying that that- I don't think, think that, he did it. Right, and that's what, I don't think so either. I'm saying that that would be, oh, in theory, if you remove everyone else, that that's how weird the story sounds. I don't think he. Oh, okay. I don't think he decided to take a bus on his own either. I think that most likely someone was with him. But I just think it's weird that nobody else says anything else about the guy who found the book. I don't think it's weird that he found the book. I, I'm sure police investigated nobody thinks it. It's a little suspicious that like he just kind of walked into a police station and was like, "Hey, look, I found part of your murder evidence." I bet they like, 1940s cool. investigated it. Hey, man, do you have anything to do with this? No. All right. Talk to the kangaroo on your way out. Like it'll be fine. <laughs> Just drop your evidence in this pouch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so that leads to the most important thing about this case, which is now known as the Tamam Shud case, uh, which, you know, has created, it's created like this whole mythology behind it. But this book ended up leading to direct evidence. It's the only evidence besides a dead man on a beach that the police seem to have gathered. I mean, a dead man on a beach is just negligible. Hardly worth noting. I feel like that's they not wash uncommon. up all the time. They really kind of yeah. do. I mean, yeah. well, there's worse things now, like in Oregon, how those bags of body oh. parts were just washing up. Oh no, up it's the shore. left feet. Yeah, there you go. Specifically left. What the fuck? There you go. Those are easy to find. <laughs> yeah, you, you just have, have to find the right. Crazy. <laughs> like unless this guy was a twin. Like there's not a pair. Of, it's not half. Anyway. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, so inside of this book is one of the biggest other pieces of evidence which is a code that no one has been able to break or decipher 
I did see, I'm just going to throw this in here because it's fun and I don't know if anybody else will see this anywhere else, but I did see somewhere that this wasn't like written in the back of the book. It was like an impression, like somebody had like written the code on top of this page in the book and so it was kind of just indented on the page, but it seems very unlikely that A, it would be this easy to read and B, that anybody would notice it's there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I think we're just going to go with it was written in the back of the book. Yeah, that came from mm-hmm. one source, which was a BBC Radio 4 site. <laughs> uh, and they had a lot of incorrect information, uh, including saying that one man died in 1949 who was still alive at the time. So we'll definitely go with the other stuff, which is just that this was just written in the back of the book. If that is incorrect and you were investigator on the case, congratulations for still being alive. And uh, let us know. There was also a phone number in the back of the book. There was also a phone number in the back of the book, which we'll get to. I didn't. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But first, <laughs> the code. What about the code? Tell us about the code. It's weird. It's unbreakable. <laughs> no one knows what it means. There's lines. There's letters. Uh, people who analyze the handwriting say that it's it doesn't make any sense because the M's are different and the P's are different. And some people thought this might be like war-based since the Cold War was kind of starting up around this time. And the second line is crossed out and... Or underlined. Or underlined, which, just for this podcast's sake, that is something that, like, looking at it, when I was looking at it consistently, I was like, that's not crossed out. It looks underlined. It starts at the bottom of the M, but then everything's written very, like, jagged and very scattered. Mm -hmm. And I feel like someone wrote this either in the dark or we talked about earlier before we started this episode possibly on a bus like Mm -hmm. shaking up and down trying to write while hitting like Mm -hmm. uneven roads which i can't imagine were uncommon at the time in 1948 i mean like you know high school trips or whatever on a bus like you were doing your homework and you're like sorry algebra (laughs) who who knows how fast (laughs) you wrote this out too this obviously is something that i don't know like We'll we'll go to my conclusion, I guess, later on. But I do want to say that I don't feel like this is crossed out. And it is hard to tell if these are W's or M's. But if they're W's, why did you put the W in the middle of an H, man? I mean, maybe it's an H. I don't think that's it. Maybe it is an H, but why would you go? One of them looks like an N. It, it does kind of look like an N. I, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Anyway, nobody's broken this code. Not a single person. I found a lot of lame speculations on it, but like that's about it. Yeah, my favorite one is one that I just found right before starting this, and it's that someone said, "Well, if you take out certain lines and certain (laughs) letters, you get these were these letters and these numbers." Yes, I remember what that reminded me of the Washington D.C. episode where we talked about the streets being code for like uh, the Illuminati and shit, but like. They were like, if you if you like add lines here where there aren't actually roads, it makes a pentagram. And if you kind of like take out this line here and add lines over there, it makes the uh, Freemason compass yeah. in the streets. Yeah, but if, it doesn't because the streets aren't actually there. If you take like four lines and put them together, you'll probably get like a parallelogram or something. What? Some no. Shit. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Streets don't make shapes. Listen, there are plenty of letters here <laughs> to make it say almost whatever you want. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you really want to do that, Go for it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what this is supposed to be code for. I'm not an expert in I think I can spell things. titties out of this like twice. So <laughs> The first words I see are like go, pain, and Sam. So Ooh, who knows? Nap? 
Maybe um, it says go pain Sam yeah, and well. Gab. Like Sam spoke too much, so go cause him uh -huh, pain. Uh -huh. I don't know. You can totally make Bibi Mabop out of this. Like, yeah. Spell it, not make it. People have been trying to decipher this for 70 years. So if you figure it out, you've beaten out everyone for 70 years. We just solved it. So yeah, yeah. exactly. We no, just found no, a message. Yeah. His name's Sam. End of story. Hi, Sam. But anyway, we'll we'll put this in the newsletter. You decide. <laughs> Help what us you crack think. the code. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, there's theories that he was a spy. You know, because of all this suspicious information and codes and. He had no fingerprint records, and there was a cold war going on, and there was no ID on him or his luggage or his clothes. Um, well, and this was like, what, four years after World War II ended? Mm hmm So. So, I mean, I feel like I've heard other stories before where, like, if a, if a spy is murdered or, like, taken out of the system, they're erased mm -hmm. from record because you don't want anybody to know that they were a spy or, like, well, who they were associated with. Uh, oh, nope. There was another weird disappearance. The lady who like was scorched on one side was somewhere in Sweden, I think. Oh, France. Was this on um, Unsolved Mysteries? I've heard it on a couple of different situations and like read about it a few times. I think the new season of Unsolved Mysteries had one like that with the girl in the hotel. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And like the rain boots and I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, like she was a similar situation. similar thing where there was nothing on her clothes. She had no ID. Yeah, nothing like that. And like labels removed from bottles. So anyway, I saw another speculation that he could have been in the black market for selling cars, which I guess was like popular at this time for selling black market cars. I guess. Hmm. But you know, basically anything suspicious that might require that you have no ID on you, so nobody knows who you are. But who knows? There isn't really any conclusive evidence either way. Nope. Which is why we are doing this episode. <laughs> yeah. And now it gets even weirder. <laughs> Continuing on with a more modern uh, investigation. Is it though? It's just like some guy that was all like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. I just want to call this what I titled it, which is Love at First Investigation into Whether or Not Your Ears and Nose Are Very Similar to the Dead Guy on a Beach in the 1940s. Because that's what this is. It's a romance. I don't do romance. Well, Derek Abbott does. Derek Abbott's a creep. Yeah, for real. I don't like this story. No. I, I mean, I kind of like it. They're happy together after I think one, I think their oldest kid is like 11 years old or something like that. So basically, <laughs> in modern day, there's this guy, we'll call him a researcher, because that's about all he is. Uh, his name is Derek Abbott, and uh, his wife, Rachel. We'll talk about that in a second. Rachel Egan, or Egan. I thought Egan was a third person, and I was very confused. Who is Egan? <laughs> uh, so basically, we didn't mention that the, the phone number in the back of the poetry book was... It was a real number, and they went to a person uh, we will call Josica. Her given name was Jessica. We, she went by Joe. So right, and Thompson, and whether or not, like, depending on which source you choose, that has a P in it as Thompson, or it does not, and it's Thompson. Who knows? People or, suck at spelling. I guess Thompson. So Josica. Yeah. Uh, she was the woman at the other end of the phone number. Call me. Uh, and lived about a quarter mile from the crime scene. So nice, nice beachfront property. Yep. Uh, 
This woman was the one that the police had found and questioned in 1948 um, because that was her number. And it was one of like three pieces of evidence, except for the blood that they mopped up. Um, (laughs) She mentioned that she did know of the book, but that she had given it to an ex-boyfriend and like not necessarily that copy. Yeah. What was his name? I don't Dating so many dudes, just super full social life. I don't know. No, no, we had his name. Remember, it was Alf. Alf. What was his last name? Uh, Something. Other way. His first name was Alf. Alf. Not the alien that you're thinking of. Oh, we're getting there. Box up? No. Boxall? Yes. (laughs) Boxall. Boxall. Alf Boxall was the ex boyfriend. (laughs) Oh, he was alive, though, and he still had a copy of the book. It yeah. was not torn. Police Can't apparently <laughs> just like immediately jumped to the idea that this man was Alf Boxall and that they were positive and they wouldn't find out for the next year that it wasn't when they found him in Sydney, not too far away. And he just was working as just job. like a maintenance dude. Yep. And he had no idea he was even supposed to be connected. And this is the weirdest thing is they check his copy of the book. Keep in mind, they have the copy with the torn out page. I don't know why they check his book. I don't. I don't get it. Maybe he stole it back. It'd be like yeah, if you dumb. found the pistol at a crime scene, but then you're like, do you have the pistol? No, you have the pistol. <laughs> I mean, they have to <laughs> investigate every lead. They're very thorough. It's the 1940s. This is peak police work. What would Some they straight up hard boiled detective shit? <laughs> what would they have done if they had found his book also has the same piece torn out? That's just more confusing <sighs> than anything else. That sounds like a else. serial killer connection. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, they're like, buddy, you're going to be dead soon. Yeah, like stay away from the better beach. check your jacket pocket. She Ooh. she originally said that she didn't know the man. This is Jessica. Like, yeah, Jessica. Okay. She said that she had no idea who this was. The dead guy or elf? The dead guy. Okay. <laughs> and they showed her the death mask, which they had made so they could continue investigating this as if the death mask helps. The death mask also has no hair, which like the guy had nice hair. Well, it's just weird. It, it's bald. Did you guys see pictures of, pictures of it? Of the death mask? Uh, of the death mask. No, okay, I didn't. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Uh, anyway, she show, they show her this, and she apparently recoils at the side of it. But, like, I don't know how they did this. I don't know if they, like, cartoon pull it out from behind their back. And they're like, here's a dead man's face. Uh, yeah, I would recoil at the side of that. So it's That's, hard to say. I don't like the neck Yeah, it's a little shape. lurchish. Oh, hey, look, there's a picture of him propped up against a wall. Yeah. Huh. Cool, um, more newsletter photos. You're we found that. I'll send that to you. Cool. ABC.net.au. Hey. hey. So, anyway, so police saw that she recoiled at the side of it, and they said that it seemed very suspicious. So, obviously, they immediately went to investigate this and investigate her and see what connections she had because that's what you should do as an investigator, except for they did the complete opposite and they actually tried to erase her name from the files. Fun thing that I didn't see in the notes anywhere, according to one of these pictures, that building in the background behind the like wall is quote unquote a crippled children's home. So oh, apparently weird. there was a some kind of weird group home happening in the background. So there were people like living there. Apparently. That's what this uh infographic. I mean this was a says. very public area. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, the police, they said that this was very suspicious when she recoiled at the side of the mask, but they didn't investigate it further, really. They kind of just were like, that's suspicious. Bye. (laughs) And they didn't really do anything else, chalking it up to more of a dead end. Yep. Uh, I saw something else that was even weirder. A 
Uh, I'll just read this quote. Uh, in June 1945, just down the road from the hotel where Jessica gave Alf, uh, the ex-boyfriend, her copy of the Rubaiyat, the poetry book, uh, a man named George Marshall was found dead, poisoned, and on his chest was a copy of the Rubaiyat. But mysteriously, it was from an edition that was never actually published. Okay. Ew. Is this what came from the BBC thing? I don't remember. Because that's what I read on the BBC thing. This is something that I've also read in one place. And then I read in another place that was, she gave it to her boyfriend. And they assumed that it was the same one, which led to the theory of him dying with it on his chest. This is a very confusing part of this. This is like a separate person. Like, not her boyfriend died. I I have no idea. But, like, that... I mean, if that's true, that kind of just sounds like a... Like, almost like a serial killer kind of MO thing. Like, the calling card is leaving the poetry book there. Or it was somebody who was like, oh, that is a dramatic way to kick it. And, like, having chosen to die by suicide, like, leaves a copy on his chest. Mm. I feel like this is more mythology than it is anything else. Still weird. I feel like mm-hmm. it. I feel like it's more of an urban legend because I didn't see anything in police reports that said that they found another dead body. And I'm sorry, we never deal with urban legends. No, we don't deal so... with urban legends. I'm saying mm-hmm. that sometimes, though, I like to deal more in reality, which is that well, the police don't have any reports of investigation. Okay, but we've been spending this entire episode making fun of the police. So you really think that they would be able to connect these two things? I didn't say they'd be able to connect it. I said they'd have police reports that someone by now would have connected. And legitimate sites that I feel like did investigate things, including people well, like Abbott. Uh, anyway, anyway. Where so we? now we come oh, back to Joe's Derek dead. Abbott. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> he wanted to go find the old woman. He found his own dead end. Her. Uh, and then <laughs> <So funny>. he, <laughs> he wasn't willing to give up, though. So he didn't give up. He went to go find Robin Thompson or Thompson. I don't know. And this was Josica's child. Yes. Cool. So the whole point of this, though, the whole point of why he's searching out the lineage, just to go ahead and include it here, is that he believes, Derek Abbott believed at this point in time, that Robin Thompson was the child of Josica and Mr. S, which is what uh, Derek calls the Somerton Man. He calls him Mr. S consistently. Um, But he thought that that was the child. So he goes to find him. And the reason why is because they had oddly shaped ears and two missing teeth. So these were both uh, recessive traits um, that aren't very common. Yeah. So. Yeah. So they kind of connect them. So they had similar similar traits. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he goes to find Mr. Robin. Uh, Robin's dead. So that didn't work. And then he finds Rachel Egan, which is Robin's child. So uh, Josica's grandchild. Josica's grandchild. Slash possibly Mr. S's grandchild. So uh-huh. allegedly. Uh, right. Allegedly. <laughs> so he calls her up and is like, hey, you've got similar ears and a nose to this dead man on a beach from the 1940s. You and know she's him? like cool that's interesting so then they go and they have dinner together and then they get married apparently he's really into 
recessive ear and canine traits. I still think it's weird that she was like, yeah, I'll marry you. It's fucking weird. It's weird. And apparently... They had like one date and then they got married. And if they are listening, if they listen to this, if he listens to this... Weird. Go to therapy. I No. <laughs> I want to ask... I want to ask, is it true? Like, did you get married after one dinner? Because that's what everything reports. They say you got married after one dinner. And they could have had business meetings and had coffee. And they're like, mm, is this a date? I don't know. Like, be a Here's a ring. She said that it was really weird because she had never had a man that was interested in her just talk about her teeth and ears consistently. And she married him. They have three kids. I still want to know <laughs> if the kids have the tooth and ear thing. I saw a picture of the kids. They look... Like kids? Like kids. Did you check their teeth? <laughs> I didn't. You couldn't well, find their dental records? You call yourself an investigator? Ugh. Anyway. Anyway, they <laughs> yeah. both believe that uh, this Josica lady and Mr. S were in a relationship. And I think there was this whole part of their story where, like, Robin, the father of Rachel, never actually knew who his real dad was. So they, they've kind of like wildly speculated at this point that maybe it's the Somerton man was his father. So like, that's that's what they both believe. And they they had a painting of, <laughs> of the Somerton man in their playroom for their children because they think that he's their great grandfather. But that's weird because you haven't proven that. They treat him like family. She did say, uh, so... One thing that happened is they eventually did, before they exhumed the body, they eventually did a DNA test. And they did a DNA test matching the hair from the death mask to Robin Egan. And when they did that sample, it came back inconclusive. However, that hair was severely degraded in the words of the person who tested it. And it wasn't something that was really going to come back with a match with anything. She said that they could have tested it against anyone and it probably would have come back inconclusive. So after that happened, Rachel, it seems might have come back down to reality a bit and she moved the, the portrait or painting or whatever it is. I don't know completely from the children's playroom and like the main family room to the office where she said that it wasn't always staring down at her is specifically <laughs> what she said, God, but to where it could still be anyway? a part of their family. Well, on the topic of DNA testing, I did see there was something in 2016 that happened. I didn't see where they got the DNA from, but it came back semi-conclusive. That was the test. They did the test in 2016. That no, was the inconclusive Well, it came test. back as East Coast, USA. Uh, nothing conclusive like family lines, but it did come back apparently with a Thomas Jefferson connection, <laughs> which could be anybody. I am surprised by that. Yeah. Shocked. And also, I guess some like Native American tribes on the eastern side of the U.S. So basically, he was probably American, at least based off of those tests. But like you said, the hair was like severely fucked at that point. Yeah, so I read. It's, it's like mm -hmm. hard to say. I read <laughs> a partial interview with the person who tested it, and they said that it was too broken down to actually determine anything real. Well, and like, I thought it was that you couldn't do much with the actual hair strand. It was like the follicle attached to the hair that has to be intact for yeah. DNA test yeah. to be any good. Yeah, they said that basically. Like <laughs> they said that basically anything that comes from it isn't really worth believing because it's so broken down that you could get almost anything they're like yep human i mean like she said you could basically test it against anyone and it would come back inconclusive which just means that it's not something that's worth testing in reality mm -mm. but they got approved to examine again 
Yeah. As of like literally May nineteenth ago. ago. May nineteenth, oh, July. So yes. So they yeah. So they dug a, dug it up again. They brought out the coffin. There's just pictures of this, uh, and they are going to DNA test. However, that does not mean we're going to find out in the next couple of days. It doesn't mean we're going to find out in the next couple of months. It could be years. I mean, this is out. like, what, 80 years old now? 70 years old? Something they said that they might not even get anything from it because the embalming fluid, as we know now, oftentimes break down, breaks down DNA to a point where you cannot test it anymore. I mean, it was basically arsenic. Yeah. It was like, yeah. not I mean, much else. They also hired a taxidermist to do the embalming <laughs> at the time, which I thought was really weird. Paul Logan, I think his name was. He was a taxidermist. Huh. I mean, that explains some of the death photos. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, it's literally the cover of this book that I'll add to our Goodreads. Oh, yeah. I found another book. Oh, good. Also some news clippings. Tasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of weird searches about ballet feet and calves. Really? Yeah. Well, there's at least a connection there. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, so I guess, you know, if, if we get anything new from this current... Uh, exhuming of the Somerton man body. We will update you guys. Uh, but for now, we still don't know who the fuck this guy is, and we may never know. Yeah. So just to do a quick recap of everything that just happened before we figure out what our conclusions are, I just want to say a man took a train to Adelaide. From there, he took a bus that he had a train ticket for to a place not far away from where he had a train ticket to, left his luggage behind, Shows up on a beach dead after throwing a book, possibly, into someone's back seat and tearing out a page to roll it up into his pocket hidden. And then he just lies there until he dies from heart failure. And he's perfectly groomed, no dirt under his nails, at the beach, wearing a suit jacket for what they described as a very warm day. And that leads to the birth of three children. Oh my god. Still creepy and weird. Still creepy and but, weird. Yeah. Basically there really isn't any good explanations. Like this is one of those unsolved mystery cases where I didn't really see anything that was like, yeah, this is probably what happened. It was kind of just like, here's a bunch of weird evidence. Isn't that weird? <laughs> That's because people don't put together the information. Connect the dots. I know the dots. They're friends of yours? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good friends of mine. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. I'm happy for you. You wanna tell the story of the dots? Sure. We don't speak very often, but when we do speak, it's in Morse code. <laughs> oh, you have to rope in the dashes, too. They live down the street. <laughs> All right, the menu of the podcast. Right oh, on. Man. Um, okay, so I think in, in order, like, in terms of what I kind of came across, what it sounds like is, and it's hard to know the specifics, but it sounds like he was taking a train, obviously, to Adelaide. He had plans to go to a specific beach. But it sounds like right when he got off that train is when everything changed. I feel like he met somebody and it was someone that he was not necessarily wanting to meet, which is what led to the trouble and probably is what ended up killing him. So because he met this person, they brought him on a bus to a completely different area, not far away. And then because of that, he left his luggage behind, which would make the most sense. He didn't have time to grab his luggage because he was not in a situation where he could go grab his luggage. He was not in a situation to get away. So then they brought him down, they poisoned him, which is what they think, and they left him there to die on the beach. I think there's a good chance that whatever poison it was made him drunk-like, which is not uncommon for certain types of poison, and that he might have been trying to reach out for help to people, but probably couldn't talk very well. And that would explain the arm going up, 
and the arm going back down, and then he just died overnight. But there's no dirt under his fingernails. He was not dirty in general. He was really well-groomed. His shoes were polished, which means he didn't walk to where he was left. So he was probably carried there by someone in a drunk state, and then he was left there to die, so he did, which would explain the heart failure as well. Well, yeah. they couldn't prove heart failure. They couldn't they prove heart failure. heart failure. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of, I mean, all of that is assumption anyway, but I think putting together all the pieces, that's what it, it sounds like. I don't know what the code was for. It was probably for something that he was involved with, or he was trying to create his own crossword puzzle. I don't know. It's just his safe combinations. Yeah, like, maybe. He's run them all down in a row. I actually have a feeling that if anything, and I, I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to be like, this is what it is. Welcome to wild speculation. Uh, like, lo- like lots of people are trying to do <laughs> on the internet. If anything, this seems a lot like an anagram, uh, but it's hard to know exactly what he was trying to write. It could just be like an anagram mixed with a specific code, too. Maybe he was drunk and trying to write a message, but all he got was a bunch of random letters. I think I've this... i sent texts like this before. I think, <laughs> if anything... <laughs> I think, if anything, he had this on the bus with him, and I think that's when he wrote this, is mm-hmm. on the bus in the middle of the night, trying to scrawl out something that someone might understand later. Well, he found that. <laughs> no, I'm saying something that Again, someone I've involved with everything before. going on... <laughs> I'm saying something involved with SOS actually Taco Bell. it is positive it is possible that if he was in like a drunk like state he did just kind of write out random letters I mean clearly have we, been able to it out. I mean have we tried reading it phonetically Argo abobbed Leol what a bim panic Neilbo Alk Cinema Sam Gab. I mean, that part is clearly, I, a quick, it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Sam. <laughs> we did it, we cracked it. <laughs> now play it backwards when we record this, and we'll play it backwards, and if that comes up with something, we'll let you know. Alright, anyway, Chelsea, what do you think happens? Um, so, stay with me here. Do you remember the, like, creepy pasta elevator death game? Like yes, pressing no. buttons in an elevator to take you to a different dimension, which is oh. part of the um there was the a, Elisa Lamb case. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. yeah. Elisa Lamb, girl found in a water yep. nerds whole thing. Murders. Anyway, I know what you're talking about. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to this podcast where we talk about weird shit. Yes. Um. So anyway, what if uh our Summerton dude? was doing this but like ye old timey couldn't get on an elevator with enough floors or whatever and so he's all like great trains buses cars beaches and he was trying to yeet into the next dimension i see in conclusion life is a beach what's with the code why do you write a code drunken text messages for (laughs) taco bell from the other side okay yeah Yep. I still think if we read it phonetically and then play it backwards, we're going to get something. <laughs> I will try to play that backwards. I don't think anything's going to come you out bet. of that. Um, all right. Your turn. Okay. I think this is all really weird, and there's something going on here, and I'm mad that I can't figure it out, and nobody else has. And I think maybe he was a spy or something, because there's a code, and there's a weird message in his coat, and... He's fucking dead, and clearly somebody put him there, so... Allegedly. Allegedly. Clearly put... <laughs> was put there. Yeah. I mean, 
There was even, like, a point, I don't know if we mentioned this, where, like, so, like, he's, like, slumped over, right? Right? Mm-hmm. And when you die, your blood pools where gravity takes it. However, he had no bruising or pooling on his chin, which was, like, slumped over, and there should have been, you know, something in the neck area, but there was nothing. Hmm. So, like, hmm. he, I, I, in my mind, he obviously didn't, like, necessarily die on the beach. I think he was murdered and then dumped there. Hmm. But... Who fucking knows? This is a bunch of weird shit all conglomerated together, and now it's led to a marriage, which is the last thing that I would think would happen. Well, and if we go with that, then we're going to have to figure in, like, the the rigor mortis time, because there's, like, a time right after death where it's pretty, the bodies are pretty pliable still, pretty squishy, Mm -hmm. and they get super rigid for a while, and then they get squishy again. Mm -hmm. So, like, two squishy windows there. Um, and I'm not sure when bruising occurs. The, time the doctor said that he is pretty sure the man would have died at about 2 a.m. But the witness accounts happened before that, which mm. makes me think he was still alive. Oh. So was he found fresh enough that... I read in something before. that he was already in full rigor mortis when they found him. Like, he was stiff already. Huh. But, as we've seen... A lot of places have different information. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's hard to say whether or not he was <laughs> stiff or squishy. I think it's easy enough Thanks, to say Anytime. he was probably killed, right? Well, he definitely ended up dead. I mean, he ended up dead, but I don't think he sat on a beach and went, heart, stop, and just died of heart failure. I mean, so people often do that amount of self-control. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, that man was too powerful to live anyway, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone think that he's related to Rachel Egan? Uh, I, maybe. I mean, the whole uh, Josica story is a little weird. I think she obviously knew him in some capacity. I kind of question that, though. it's hard to say whether or not she found him. I kind of question that, though. Like, I almost wonder if they took the numbers as a phone number and if that was not part of the code. That's just like that's too easy though. Yeah. And How many phone numbers were there around that area though? I mean, it could have easily led to someone, mm-hmm. especially if it's code. I think a phone And he's trying to easy. make it look like it's not. I, I think mean, he probably was like, "All right, we're going to this beach, and oh my god, I remember this woman who lives over there. Call her and ask her for help." You know, like maybe on the. You think the he wrote? Book. You think he went to that beach on purpose? I don't think he went to that beach. Well, you're on saying purpose. okay. So your theory is that. He was on a bus, half drunk, writing this, right? Right. Send Taco Bell. Send yes. help. <laughs> half poison drunk. Ask Josica, who lives a quarter of a mile from this beach. Ask her, Emirago Abdib, <laughs> Leal, Sam Street. Um. Okay. Just gonna meet these two in the okay. middle here. So, what if he? was like, oh man, this is going straight to my brain. Ugh. So he writes down Josica's number and it's like, all right, going with, you know, whoever is pulling the strings in Cam's scenario. Mm-hmm. So then he gets to the beach. He can be like, okay, I'm sitting here dying. You can go away now. And then that was his escape plan. Like pretends to go with the flow as a, like a self-preservation method. Yeah. And then that was his backup plan, but he died. Yeah, so they didn't call Jessica in time. I would like to say one thing that I do consistently see... Is that we just solved it? (laughs) 
is that <laughs> uh, people think that he might have been like a Cold War spy, which means mm-hmm. possibly for Russia. That's yeah. what some mm-hmm. people brought up. And one thing I have been thinking of is that the letters, there are plenty of Russian letters that look very similar to English letters, but have different sounds. But I'm wondering if anyone tried to decode this from a Russian letter perspective. And hmm. there are similar aspects here. So like B, uh, so like what are all the letters here? So, like, B, E, P, A, M, O, and T are all very similar in Russian to English. They look very similar. But then there's L, but you have to flip it upside down. And isn't in the Cyrillic alphabet, isn't the R and the K the other way? Yes. Like, mirror image Mm -hmm. on, like, a up-down axis? But I'm almost wondering if this was, like, some weird combination of Russian and English as a code. Because that would be a hell of a code to throw someone off. That's another thing with the code is I didn't really see anybody, like, tell me what they tried to do with the code, you know. So, who knows? I will Maybe. S- I will say- Somebody makes Russian and English letters and try and decode this. <laughs> Part of me wonders, too, if he wasn't killed and then cleaned. Mm. Oh, that's not creepy or anything. I, I was thinking about that because it's odd that his shoes were just, like, perfectly polished, too. They put new ones on him. Mm-hmm. They could have. But, I mean, I also wonder, like, did they put mm-hmm. their own jacket on him, too? They probably would have noted if the shoes were brand new or not formed to his feet, especially That's if he true. had those dance indicators. Because, like, oh, especially yeah. classically trained dancers have jacked up feet. Do not Google search dancers' feet. Just oh, don't okay. do that. She says yeah. don't, but y'all probably will. <laughs> <laughs> I warned you. Sorry. I do think there's plenty of similarities in the Russian alphabet to Mm. our alphabet and i think it is also a possibility but i didn't find if anyone had actually tested those people have tested a myriad of different ideas what are the kangaroo somebody put a fucking kangaroo in somebody (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea what you're talking about i was not expecting that (laughs) but yeah i do think that there's also a possibility of that um i don't know i mean this is definitely a case that's open to wild speculation yeah. And I wildly speculated. Yeah. I think we came up with some good stories, so <laughs> uh, tell us what you all think. Are we right? Are we wrong? Do you have a better story? Please connect the dots in a different way. Kangaroos. If you are the great-great-granddaughter of the Summerton man and you have weird ears and missing teeth, let us know. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, if you're interested in this case, uh, let us know what you found that maybe we didn't. Uh, let us know what you think. Maybe you know the answers and nobody else does. I don't know. Who knows with conspiracies, man. Uh, anyway, you can let us know that at our social media pages. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. We have Instagram where you can see Burb's lovely face. He's all over that. Yeah. We also have our Goodreads. So if you want to read some books one. about this. I found four. Nice. There Good are a library. lot of books about this. I also just started looking at the differences between Cyrillic Sorry, that's a soft C, not a hard C. And English alphabets, it's not Cyrillic. <laughs> Your theory sucks, Cam. I'm saying he combined them. Like uh, he took the similar letters uh, and used those as a code. That's what uh, I'm saying. I know, because I know there's plenty of differences, but there are specific letters that are the same, and those are mostly the letters he uses, which is weird. I think creepypasta elevator theory is more likely. <laughs> he wasn't in an elevator. Yeah, elevator substitute. 
a bus. Let us know if you think a bus <laughs> is an elevator substitute. <laughs> Moving Please. on. You're going from one location to just the other. Like the just like the ski lift is just an escalator substitute. One's horizontal. I'm good with that. They're, re One's they're really the same. Uh, also, exactly. sign up for the newsletter, <laughs> goddammit. Uh, we have pictures there that you don't get to see because this is in an audio form. Uh, spoiler. Indeed, unless you have synesthesia. Sure. Oh, please tell cool. me what colors come up when you listen to oh. this podcast. Oh. That'd be pretty cool. Then I'll change our logo colors to whatever you see. No, we won't. Oh, I will. No, we, we won't. It'll well, be a special edition. We yeah, will do it once, but like not for like... I'll do a special poster for that. That would be kind of cool. cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay, right. anyway, let time. us know what you think. That's the end of it. Uh, I've been Cameron. <laughs> I'm still Allie. <laughs> And I guess I've been Chelsea? Yep, sure have. Uh, Hopefully. Anyway, for <laughs> all of our other hosts, because there are so many of them. Eh, it's a handful. It is like a handful. Yeah. Well, I mean, so we've got Serena, Sarah, Jackie, uh, the two roly-poly boys, which is Angel and Robert, Jen. Chelsea. I, I'm not counting the people that are here. <laughs> I've been Did Chelsea. I miss anybody? Uh, no. Cats. The cats don't count. She's appeared on. You've probably heard the cats at some point in the podcast. Anyway, for all the hosts, thank you so much for listening. Uh, remember to always stay stitious and to polish your shoes before you die on a beach. Yeah, it looks <laughs> 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 <laughs>